Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. We're going to do a little study before the study, just to address the issue that's taking place in our society. Matthew 24, 3-14. Now as he sat, as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Almost 2,000 years ago. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. And that is the number one tactic of the enemy, according to Revelation chapter 12. The enemy has come to deceive, even Christians. So just because you're here today and you're a Christian, don't think that you can't be deceived, because you can be. Jesus is warning us here. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. I am the Savior. I have a plan. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things might come to pass but the end is not yet now does your bible say might what does it say all these things must come to pass for nation will rise against nation and when you look up that word nation in the greek it's ethnos ethnos So ethnic group will rise up against ethnic group, not just nation against nation. So even within America, we can see ethnic groups rising up against other ethnic groups. And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be, there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Who are the you here? Christians, which is happening on a regular basis. Not in America, but it is happening around the world. I got a text just uh, on Friday from uh, Wes Bentley uh, with Far-Reaching Ministries. A chaplain was killed on Thursday. Uh, Standing up for women and children. If you're not familiar with that, far-reaching ministries, these are chaplains that have the gospel, but they're also trained to defend, to defend women and children. Well, he went home to be with Jesus uh, just this past week. Let's see, where am I at? Uh, And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Notice that a Christian, whose name do we represent? Jesus the Christ. Now, there are many people out there that say they're Christians, but if you start to talk to them, it will come down to they represent a religion. They represent a church. That's why, you know, we, we fellowship here at Calvary Chapel, but if anybody asks you, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm not a Calvary Chapelite. You just happen to come to Calvary Chapel for a season. You may move. You may, whatever. No, we, we are here because of Jesus. And then... Many, again, will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, 
the love of many will grow cold. That word love there is agape, agape. Not storge, family love, not phileo, brotherly love, not eros, erotic love. It's agape love for God so agape the world. Who has agape love? I personally believe only Christians can have agape love. That's the love via the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And then a byproduct of love is the other fruits. So as we read this verse again then, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Who's it being referenced there to? I personally believe Christians. And we have to guard our heart against things that come into our lives, that we don't grow cold, that we don't share our toilet paper with other people. But we, ho- we hoard all our toilet paper. I think this is really a woman's problem personally. I think it's not media. I think the women have brought this on. You know, guys are like, yeah, we got shop towels. What's the big deal? We got, we got paper towels. What's the big deal? <laughs> got to lighten it up here, guys. Got to lighten it up. I mean, come on. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Not might be. Will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. What's the next slide, Jim? What's the next slide? I know there's a next slide. In total, the CDC estimates that up to 42.9 million. Now, this is June 20th of 2019. So this is the flu season in America, only America, in the flu season between fall of 18 and spring of 19. The CDC estimates that up to 42.9 million people got sick during the 2018-2019 flu season. So 43 million people. I believe right now we're at 330 million Americans. So that's almost one-eighth of the population, or that is one-eighth of the population got the flu. I would think this is a pandemic. 647,000 people were hospitalized. Let that number sink in. And 61,200 people died from the everyday flu. Was there a run on toilet paper back then? People just went about their business. How about the next slide, Jim? So far, 14,000 people have died, and this is just the regular flu from 2019 to the spring of 20, to, to February 7th. And 250,000 people have been hospitalized. Quarter of a million people have been hospitalized, according to the preliminary estimates from the CDC. So guys, what does the enemy want to do? He wants to deceive us, and then he wants to instill fear. Okay, so we have to get into the Word of God. Well, what does the Word of God say? I think the next slide is the Word of God. Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. This is David proclaiming God's goodness that I can never get away from God. No matter where I go, I can never get away from God. Being yet unformed in the womb prior to even being in the womb. And in your book, they were all written. What? The book of what? Book of life is one book. The days fashioned for me. The days Young people, you have a certain amount of days. Older saints, you have a certain amount of days. Nobody gets out of here alive. 10 out of 10 people still die. Nobody's getting out of here alive. 
But God has the number of your days written in a book. And you are not changing that number. You're not changing that number. The days fashioned for me, for me specifically, I don't know. But for me specifically, I have a number of breaths and so do you. When as yet there was none of them. How about the next slide? So what should we be doing? Running around, frantic, trying to buy toilet paper and stock up on canned chicken? We're having a ladies' tea. We went to Costco the other day to buy just regular toilet paper for everyday needs and canned chicken. Sold out of canned chicken. At least they bought the toilet paper to go with it. So teach us to number our days. Guys, people are dying and going to hell. 61,000 people from the normal flu. People around us, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, are dying from the normal flu. They need Jesus. They don't need panic. They do not need panic. So why? That we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, we should use wisdom. If you're sick, I mean, they're calling it now self-quarantine. We've been doing that for decades. If you get the flu, you don't go to work. What do you do? You stay home in bed. You take care of yourself. You're self-quarantined. But now they're making it sound like it's really dangerous. Everybody needs to be self-quarantined. Claudia read an article the other day. If you're 60 and over, any of you people 60 in here or over? You should not be here. I'm serious. According to the article... You're not to go where groups are. I mean, I'm just like, are you serious? <laughs> See you, Mike. Thanks for coming, brother. <laughs> Take your toilet paper with you. We're going to have a church fundraising party right now. I brought this along. Who gives me the first offer for 100 bucks? 100 bucks, $100, $100, $100. $100. Oh, and that's only for eight sheets, by the way. (laughs) Michael! (laughs) She yells Michael, Michael, and catches it. I love it. Way to go, Ella. So teach us, and I'm not making light of it. Try to find the balance here, okay? Try to find the balance here. You've got to have some fun with this stuff, because it's just crazy. Then we may gain heart of wisdom. So use wisdom. Wash your hands. If you cough, don't shake hands. If you want to fist pump, fine. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. But just don't, just don't go on the, off the edge. And then the last one, God is our refuge and strength. I thank God for the government. I thank God for medicine. I thank God for all those things. But at the end of the day, if we just follow the theory here, God knows the number of our days. So I'm not saying test God and don't get a shot and cough in your hand and shake everybody's hand. You know, No, use wisdom. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Guys, as Christians, people in your workplaces need to see somebody that's level-headed and that's willing to say, it's going to be okay, and to take them a simple stat, like I just said. Because I did this at the bank the other day, standing in line. They probably thought I was crazy, but I just rattled off quick stats to get them back into reality. I said, do you know 61,000 people died last year of the common flu? And they're like, really? Yeah, and do you know in 18, in 2018, 40,000 people died in car-related accidents in America. 40,000. In 2019, it went down. 39,000 people died in car-related accidents. you got a better chance of driving home today after church 
than you do of dying of the flu. So stay calm, stay focused, because people need to hear about Jesus, not the flu. Even though the earth be removed. And we, I think we just sang a song like that this morning. And, through the, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, what? God is our refuge and strength. Whether it all goes away, what? God, read it with me. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In other words, now. God, I need help now. The Holy Spirit's there. He'll help you. Does that mean you're not going to get the flu? No. But it'll help you through it. And if it's your time to go home, praise God. What a bummer. You're going to get a brand new body and be in heaven. 110 heaven. 110 heaven. 110 heaven. This is a tough decision, isn't it? How about Acts chapter 14? Stay focused, believer. Stay focused. Don't let the enemy get you psyched out. But be ready to give every person an answer for the hope that you have. The living hope to be absent from the body is to be present with Jesus. And thank God we won't need toilet paper in heaven. Acts chapter 14. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are an ever-present help. And the enemy... His main tactic is deception. And then one of his main tools is fear. Fear of our salvation. Fear, an unhealthy fear of you. Maybe there's someone here this morning that is questioning, well, God, where are you? And they have an unhealthy fear of you. You're on your throne, and you have a plan and a purpose, and your son is returning very soon. So help us not to entertain any fears, but to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. For we know that you're with us, and you know the number of our days, you know the number of hairs on our head, and your word says that you hold our very breath. Father, we thank you for the intimacy that your word shows us. And so even right now, Father, I pray for the gift of teaching. As we go over these verses, Lord, that our hearts would be stirred to be in the word, to memorize, to meditate, to be excited about it. For your son's coming back. And we as ambassadors for Christ, we have the blessed feet. We have the living hope that we take out into our workplaces, out into our neighborhoods, out into uh, our social environments where the, the conversation automatically comes up. Well, what about you? Are you storing up toilet paper? No. I'm storing up the word of God in my mind and my heart that I might stay focused no matter how bad it gets. Father, we thank you for the balance that we can store up a few things to share with others around us. But Father, don't let us get on the extreme in either direction. But help us just to stay balanced. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, Acts chapter 14, verse 1, and so spoke that a great multitude both of Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews 
stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. If you're newer visiting, we've been with Paul and Barnabas now on their first missionary journey, and they're heading to the city of Iconium, which is roughly 75 miles southeast of Antioch, modern-day Turkey. There's two Antioch, Antiochs. It was the capital city of the Roman province of Lycaonia, which was located on a major truck trade route of that day. So their practice was, Paul and Barnabas went to the local synagogue to speak to those who had the scriptures available to them about what? About Jesus being the Christ, fulfilling the Old Testament scriptures. And just as usual, we see the Holy Spirit doing a wonderful work by bringing forth the fruit of salvation via the word of God. And this is very important, guys. Notice, both Jews and of Greeks believed, believed the fruit of salvation. We should not try to argue any other religious person into Christianity because it will come down to an argument of religion. Well, your religion and your religion, well, my religion, my religion, and all of a sudden you have religious wars that we've had over the millenniums. No, it's about Jesus, and you need Jesus. You need to be saved. This virus will come and go, but you might die in a car accident. And what's interesting here in verse 2, it seems as soon as there is fruit from God, our spiritual enemy tries to come right in and spoil things or, or cause division. We notice in Antioch that the Jews spoke against Paul's interpretation of the Scriptures. And people will actually come against Calvary Chapel because we believe in the rapture. If you don't believe in the rapture, that's fine. We'll explain it on the way up. But I don't argue. I don't argue with any other church that doesn't believe it. I just go, that's fine. That, it's not salvation issue. It's, it, that's fine. It's no big deal. But, this is, but we'll actually get bashed for believing in it. You people just want to escape. <laughs> Hello, yeah. Jesus said... <laughs> Jesus even said, count yourself worthy to escape the things that are going to come upon the earth. In the first three and a half years of the Great Tribulation, which is seven years, in the first three and a half years, over half the world's population is annihilated. Yeah, I do want to escape that. So, but I wouldn't argue with it. Okay, So it's very important that we don't buy into that argumentation fact. Just taking people to see Jesus. And here we see that the Jews went out and they stirred up the Gentiles, not the Greeks. Remember the, the Greeks many times in the scriptures are the Hellenist Jews. They're the Jews that were raised in an area away from Israel, so they're known as the Greeks. And they stirred them up against Barnabas and Paul personally. They spoke evil against them, eventually having them expelled from their city. But before we leave these verses, I'd like to take a, a note of a few things. The first thing, that I'd like to point out is that we need to be careful about what we say to others and what we listen to from others. This is very, very important because fear most of the time invokes more fear. And that's why there is panic buying that we're seeing taking place. Just like Y2K. I don't know how many people went out and bought generators, but thousands of generators were sold. Honda loved it. They sold out of them. It was fantastic. And then hardly anybody used their generators. But man, you can't take them back. There was even signs. No return. There was a no return policy. 
You walk out of here with this $800 generator that was, used, that was $400 yesterday, but it's $800 today because we only got eight left. You are not bringing it back. They ate it. Fear, fear. So we have to be careful that we don't promote fear, but that we also don't listen to fear, but come into reason. Let us reason together. Let's talk about the word of God because the enemy is still trying to stir up trouble through attacking a person personally from within or from without the church. And believe me, in the pastorate, I see this. You see, the enemy doesn't care which direction it comes from. Here it it was unbelievers, but later it's Paul's ministry. It will be from people who appeared to be true believers, but ended up being false brethren. That Paul, he specifically says, false brethren crept in unaware. It is so easy for the enemy to entrap us with talking against others and sharing things that shouldn't be shared. Again, we truly need to be careful about what we say and about what others say to us. In Titus 3, you just write these down for the sake of time. Remember, remind them, them would be the believers, to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one. That's hard to do in the days we're living in. I got I to gotta watch my mouth. It's hard not to speak evil against somebody. To be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men or mankind there. That word men, if you look it up, it's mankind, so male or female. How about Ephesians 2, uh, 4, 29? And uh, Claudia and I memorized this. This was one of the very first verses. If you're having marital issues, write this verse down, this address, memorize this verse. And we had our children memorize this verse as they were growing up. Because when I was growing up, it was like, well, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. I'm going, wow, this sounds like a really good Bible verse. It's not in your Bible. Don't even try to find it. This is, let no corrupt communication, the word corrupt there is rotten or worthless. Rotten or worthless. Communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, and that word edifying is architecture. So building up. We're to build each other up that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And finally, Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. In other words, you as a believer, I as a believer, let's walk in wisdom towards the unbeliever because they have no hope. Their hope is in their toilet paper. We have hope beyond toilet paper. We have eternal hope. Redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Again, this is very hard to do. So nobody's going to accomplish this, but we should at least be trying that you may know how you ought to answer each one or the unbeliever as well as the believer. The second thing to notice here is they spoke boldly about the Lord, about the Lord. And the Holy Spirit allowed great signs and wonders to take place in verse 3. Even though there was opposition, Paul and Barnabas hung in there to share the good news with the people of that city. You see, they were willing to lay down their ambitions, their desires and fears. Do you think they had fears? If you read the letters of Paul, Paul had fear. He even says so. It's in the scriptures. Paul had fear. So that the brethren might be strengthened might be strengthened. What is the enemy trying to do? Don't go to public gatherings. Great, another excuse not to go to church, like anybody needed one anyways. But yeah, don't go to church. Don't go to a prayer meeting. 
Don't go to a Christian concert. Don't gather around Christians as a group. Oh, God forbid that. You might end up praying that God would give somebody an answer for the coronavirus. They're seeking an answer, right? And I'm assuming all of you are praying that God would give somebody wisdom to come up with that. So, yes, God wants to use people. But we have to be careful. We've already seen how Paul and Barnabas were chased out of Antioch, and now we'll see that there's trouble brewing here in Iconium. But Paul and Barnabas being the stubborn men that they were. Do you guys hear that? How many of you, let's do church participation. Honest church participation. How many of you are stubborn? Boy, hand, man, man, that hand went up fast, Jeremiah. (laughs) Keep it up. Look around. Don't be afraid. This section over here is lying. It's amazing. Claudia and I, especially Claudia, so stubborn. But you learn to use it for the Lord instead of the flesh. You know, I'm going to be stubborn and I'm going to read the word every day. My flesh does not, my flesh wants to sleep in. I'm going to get up and read the word. You know, I'm going to pray with my wife on a regular basis. I'm going to be stubborn about that. Even when she says, no, I don't want to pray. No, we're praying. You don't have to pray because, you know, there's times when we don't want to pray. I totally get that. But I'm going to pray for this situation. You guys, you can use your stubbornness in a godly way that will bless your life immensely. So a lot of times we just look at it as a really negative trait, and it can be a very negative trait, absolutely. But you can turn it around for the Lord and make it a super positive trait. You know, I'm going to be stubborn, and I'm going to learn a new name every Sunday. I'm going to get out of my chair, and I'm going to walk across the sanctuary. I'm going to say hello to somebody. My flesh doesn't want to. That meet and greet, I hate the meet and greet. And why is it so long? I don't like it. Your stubborn is the problem. Change your stubbornness. And say, I'm going to meet somebody before I get to heaven. I'm going to meet somebody and ask them if they need prayer. Find somebody that's sitting alone and go up and purposely ask them, hey, I'm so-and-so. Is there anything I could pray for you this week? That person is going to be blessed out of their chair. But we got to be stubborn. we got to be stubborn about it in a healthy way, in a healthy way. Very, very important. All right, where are we at anyways? The Lord's promise for those who have died before us as well as for mankind today is John three fourteen and 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So if you're here today and you do not have Jesus as your Savior, you have eternal life, you are going to die, you are going to live for all of eternity, but you're going to live in separation from God. Jesus says that, John 14, 6. So the point is, I really encourage you to receive Jesus as your Savior this morning. Come up after the service and say, you know what? I need a Savior. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. You see, for the believer, the Lord confirms his promise in an oath in John 14, 3. We read, and if I go and prepare a place for you, which if you look at the scriptures, that's your new body, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 makes that absolutely clear. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Heaven, guys, we're going to heaven. Praise God. Verses 4 through 6 in Acts chapter 14. 
But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and smoke marijuana with them, stone them, literally, kill them. Guys, again, this is happening in Christianity and other lands. This is happening. Religious in South Sudan. That's why this chaplain died. I'm not politically correct. Let's be correct. The Muslims of the North are committing genocide and they want to wipe out every single Christian in the South. North Sudan, South Sudan. And that's why these men are being raised up to defend women and children because the husbands, the sons, the brothers are out trying to fight the front line so that the North can't just walk through the South and commit total genocide. Totally wipe them out. And if you don't think this is real, do a little bit of homework. It's happening. This is reality. I'm not anti-Muslim. I'm pro-Jesus and I'm pro-truth. This is what's happening in the Sudan. So we have to be aware of our surroundings and what is going on. Otherwise, we're just not going to get it. We're going to be lost. They became aware of it in verse 6 and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Le- uh, Le- uh, man, this is so hard to pronounce. You guys think this is easy. It's not. I have to spell it all out. Lycaonia. Lycaonia. I went onto the internet. Lycaonia. Lycaonia. And to the surrounding region. You see, they thought it best to move on from Iconium to Lystra and Derby, do these death threats. Nothing wrong with that. No, sem- temp- no sense tempting the Lord their God. No, we're just going to stick it out no matter what. Well, I believe they prayed, and God said, time to move. And they were preaching the gospel there. Very important, verses 7 through 10. They were preaching the gospel. They were not preaching religion. They were preaching the gospel. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb. Notice that. Luke, we believe to be a a physician. He makes these important little details. This guy was crippled from his womb, from his mother's womb who had never walked. So in case you didn't understand, he even adds that. This man heard Paul speaking. And what was Paul speaking in verse 7? The word of God. The word of God. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. The Holy Spirit somehow told Paul, this guy has faith to be healed. Said with a loud voice, Now, again, this takes a lot of guts. Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. I mean, this is just amazing. But this has to be done via the Holy Spirit. Via the Holy Spirit. Again, they go off, same mission. Why? Because Romans 10, 17 tells us, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's why I gave you those opening verses. Not to make fun of toilet paper, but to drive home a point that you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to. Get into the word of God. Understand what the word of God tells you and I. You see, this man is much like the man whom God healed through Peter in Jerusalem at the beautiful gate in Acts chapter 3. 
That man was laid at the gate to beg for alms because he was lame from birth. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray, and Peter took notice of that man who was lame. Peter fastened his eyes upon him and started a conversation with him. Here we see that Paul is now looking intently upon a man who was what? Lame from birth. Peter told the lame man to rise up and walk. Here Paul tells this lame man to stand upright on his feet. The man that Peter addressed leaped up. He walked into the temple area praising God. Very important to the story. Don't check out. He leaped up. He went into the temple area praising God. The man that Paul addresses here leaps up and walks as well. At this point, things change drastically for the rest of the chapter. The man that God healed at the gate went about the temple area praising God, our Heavenly Father. Notice that this man didn't praise God as you read the chapter. So the natural question should be, why not? Well, did you notice as we read this that the disciples didn't go into a synagogue? They went to another city. They didn't go to a synagogue, which tells me if you have 10 Jewish males, then you can have a synagogue. Minimum number, you have to have 10 male Jews to have a synagogue. So there were not even 10 male Jews in this city so that they could actually have a synagogue. Lystra is a full-blown Gentile pagan town. And what do the pagans do in this case? Verse 11. Now when the people saw that Paul, what Paul had done, they raised their voice, saying in their language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Not praising the Heavenly Father, but looking at Paul and Barnabas saying, the gods are amongst us. You see, they made a hasty decision and a bold proclamation that the gods have come down to us. Verse 12, And Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Just going to break this down real quick. The gods of Greek mythology, Jupiter, the Romans equated Jupiter as the equivalent to the Greek god Zeus. He was a father of helps. He was the guardian god of the Romans, tall and dignified. Hermes, called Mercury in Roman theology, was the son of Zeus and was the herald of the gods. He was quick and active. He had the wings. He was the guy with the wings on his shoes. But he was also a gifted speaker. Verse 13, Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates intending to sacrifice to the multitudes. Now, you see, Paul and Barnabas, they're just in the midst of this chaos. They don't really know what's going on. They're just kind of going with it. go, wow, these people are pretty excitable. This is kind of crazy. But they all of a sudden now find out what's going on. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, notice apostles, so Barnabas is an apostle as well, They tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out. Very, very important here. You see, this verse shows us that initially, 13 and 14, Paul and Barnabas didn't understand what was going on. But for Paul and Barnabas, this would have been a perfect opportunity. Think about modern-day Christianity. This would have been a perfect, perfect opportunity to receive the praise of man and soak up the attention of the crowd. It would have been perfect. 
Yes. It's us. We've got the healing ministry. Bring anybody here, but make sure you bring your money as well because we've got the healing power. No. You know, they could have started Apostles Paul's healing ministry and Barney's school of evangelism. But they didn't. Instead, they went right into the midst of the crowd, tore their clothes, which was a sign of sorrow or grief, and saying, I love the way that Paul starts his plea for sanity. This, this can be you and me. We've got to plea for sanity these days because people are crazy. And saying, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men. What does that tell us for you and I as we try to explain Christ to others? Oh, you're just religious. No, I'm just a person, a man of like passions like you. I make mistakes. You make mistakes? I thought Christians were perfect. I make mistakes just like you. I need a savior just like you. You got to bring them down to reality because they have this weird concept in their mind from bumper stickers. We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God. These myths, these fables. And people today say, what about the word of God? It's a myth. It's a fable. Get into the word of God. You won't prove it wrong. It's not a myth or a fable. These other people are myths and fables. The guy with the wings on his shoes? Come on. He's running around sending messages to the gods? They must not be very good gods if they need to have a messenger. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Did you hear lately? Oh, no, I didn't hear that lately. Well, why do you call yourself a god if you didn't hear? You don't know much, do you? See how simple it is? But people actually believe this stuff versus the word of God. And what does Paul do? He points to the fact of creation, not evolution, and not mythology, who made the heaven, the earth, the sea. Again, guys, remember, they didn't have a synagogue. They didn't have the word of God, and they didn't care about the word of God. It was all about their gods, mythology. And so Paul goes to the very, very basics, who made the earth, the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them, creation. Even for you today, if you're a young person struggling with evolution versus creationism, creation, read the word of God. Yes, there is evolution. A caterpillar evolves into a butterfly, but you will never find a cat evolving into a dog. It doesn't happen. Cross-species has never happened. And so, yes, evolution, yes, it is, but not cross-species. So we were never apes. We were made in the image of God, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Free will, that's called free will. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without a witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And I didn't write this down, but I think that's specifically Psalm 19. Yes, it's Psalm 19. You can write that down. Psalm 19, 1 through 4. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out throughout the whole earth and their words to the end of the world. God's creation speaks of a God. And with such sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. So very important that we take people back to the word of God. You see, Paul at this point doesn't go back and start to quote the Old Testament scriptures because they didn't have them. They didn't care about them. 
No, he went back to the very basics. And guys, that's what we have to do. I don't know if you guys, I watch YouTube every now and then, and I don't want to mention the guy's name. You guys just do whatever you want to do to find it. But um, he goes out and he asks people questions, this common question like, what is socialism? What is socialism? On college campuses, that's where all the smart people hang out, right? They have no clue. The answers they give are like, I think my fourth grader could do better than this. But that's reality. People have an opinion about Christianity. Well, only Christians are going to heaven. You think you're so got it so right on. Uh, well, the first part of your statement is true. Only Christ followers are going to heaven, but it's not because we have it all together. It's because we acknowledge that we're a sinner. How many of you are sinners in this room? Anybody a sinner in this room? If we're a sinner, we're in need of a savior. Just bring it down. I find it interesting. It's, it, recently, in the last 10 years, it's whoever can yell the loudest supposedly wins the debate. Bring it down. Just bring it down and don't go down that road. And explain the simplicity of the gospel. I was a sinner. I was 17 when I received Jesus as my Savior. I've been a, a saint now for 42, over 42 years. Share your personal testimony in two or three minutes. Share your personal testimony. I can guarantee you this. They will listen. Because they're watching with your eyes, their eyes. They can see you're being sincere. And your tone is loving. And it's gentle. And you're sharing. I was a sinner and still am. But now I'm a saint. And I'm not sinless. But I am sinning less. And they will receive it. Father, we thank you and praise you that you have called us as ambassadors for Christ to go out to the lost. That we're not called to hunker down in our homes. Now, obviously, if we're sick, we need to stay away from people. But, Father, the enemy is trying to bring fear into the lives of healthy people that we would forsake our calling as believers to minister the gospel. Not the gospel of fear, but the gospel of peace. That you have sent your son Jesus, that we could have peace with you now as well as all of eternity. Father, we thank you. I thank you so much for the word, the gospel of peace. And that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us as believers. We don't go out these doors and try to do this on our own. We go out these doors to our mission field asking for more of your Holy Spirit. Guide our steps. Guide our words. May we see miracles. May we see the greatest miracle to pray with someone to receive Jesus as their Savior this week. We know you want to do it. Help us be available. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's stand, guys. God bless you. A lot of things going on. Check out the website. Don't be afraid. Get involved, guys. Get involved. God bless you. If you need prayer, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. If you need to receive Jesus as your Savior, please come up. Thanks, guys. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.